Okay, hi everyone. Welcome to eventism.net. Today, Sean is either going to be late or isn't isn't with us today. So I'll be your host today. And I just want to present my other host, Caleb Wells. How you doing? Hey, Wai, well, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, good. I'm good. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, so we, we had a guest cancellation and <laughs> Sean is tied up. So we decided to do a panelist episode today. And yeah, since no I am, I'm deep into identity and OAuth 2 right now, I thought that would be an interesting topic when uh, where it concerns Blazor, right? So I figured we could dig into to some of that. Hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story, about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv and I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I, I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there, and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. To start off, and I know most developers who have done any Blazor work or dealt with identity recently, Identity Server 4 is now Duende, and it's no longer open source. Right. So depending on how large your company is or how much money you make, you have to, to pay for it. Right. And that's that's all well and good. Right. I completely understand their decision because they've been spending years and they put who knows how many hours into it. But one of the issues is that it is still built in as part of the Visual Studio templates when creating projects. If you're doing an individual accounts and take a step back these days, you, you have a number of options for OAuth, right? And for, for handling authentication using OpenID and whatnot. And y'all might be saying, well, why don't you just do Azure AD? Because that's what Microsoft suggests, right? And we've discussed this mm. within the company in the way that we're set up with a bunch of clients in their own single sign-on and some of them are doing SAML and some are doing OpenID and some of them have rolled their own, trying to get that to work with Azure AD on top of the per request cost or per login cost. And that cost is small, but we have thousands of clients that are logging in on a daily basis. So that could could grow fairly quickly. So we chose not to go that route. And then a number, another one is uh, Okta, which recently bought Auth0 or the other way around, I think. So they're, they're basically going to become one option. And for our needs, the number of applications that we have, it's also going to be too expensive for us. So we have decided to move forward with Duende because it turns out it was the, the cheapest option for us and we're already using Identity Server 4, right? So back to the templates, whether it's MVC or Blazor or Razor Pages or whatever you're doing, right, these days, if you choose individual accounts as your authentication uh, setup, you get uh, Microsoft tooling. But then if you look under the hood, it's using all the new Duende stuff, right? 
So just from my experience, though, it's those templates are generally a little, what's the best way to put it? They're a little, they take a long time for them to update. Do you reckon it's just a matter of like Microsoft just hasn't updated those templates? And because I'm guessing my theory would be that Microsoft would be kind of pushed towards everyone using the UAD, right? So Yes. And well, but they have that option. There's like two or three options. Hmm. And when you're setting up the app, and I'm not sure what they call it. I don't think they call it Azure AD, but they have that option as the template right. item. But right, but they need to offer something else. And if we could find the the post, we'll add it to the show notes. But Microsoft, when .NET 6 came out and questions came up around Duende, they basically said, for now, they're leaving Duende in. They're leaving the templates alone. And for .NET 7, they may look at alternatives or a way of testing things locally and then building out your authentication as you need when you go to production. So time will tell. But it was funny when you asked that question, I actually thought you were going to say something like, uh, Microsoft's templates are very Microsoft centric. (laughs) Um, Right. (laughs) Which, you know, it's not a bad thing, right? If you are in a position where you can use their tooling as provided, that's, that's great, but that's not always the case. And so in this Mm. case, what you're actually using is .NET Identity along with the Winday Identity Server, which means you're going to be using their ASP.NET claims, ASP.NET users, and it will talk into Identity Server, but not through a separate OpenID connection. It can, but you end up getting both, right? And mm. I didn't spend a ton of time digging into it because once I got it, up and running once I got it spun up, I knew it wasn't really going to be a good fit for what we have right now because we're not using .NET Identity in any of our databases. You know, people who came before Mm. kind of rolled their own, so to speak. So that then where that leaves you is, and of course, I'm still, this is all in Blazor land. I'm not going to get into the whole MVC side of things because I haven't dealt with it recently. So the next step, right, is instead of spinning up a Blazor template, using individual accounts, you just spin up a regular Blazor template and then you pull an identity server separate or Duende server separately. And um, still manually, they've yeah. got a bunch. Yeah, yeah. And and they've got a bunch of samples out there for Blazor and MVC and, and, and different patterns and different ways of going about it. But the interesting thing you learn then is that Duende is using this fairly new pattern, I guess, called back in for front end. And if you look it up, and again, we'll try to add some links to the show notes. The idea is that spas by their nature are insecure to some extent, right? You could be protecting against CSRF, right? Cross-site request forgery, but you still may be vulnerable to cross-site scripting for XSS, right? And so the idea with BFF, which I find it funny that the back in for front end acronym is also the same for best friends forever. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good um, framework, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, right? The idea is that the spa, like Blazor, because right, if you're using Blazor WebAssembly, it is a, a spa that it only has a secure cookie on the front end, right? That proves that you're logged in and all that state. And, and of course, .NET has, has stuff built in to uh, guard against CSRF. Right. And so because you don't have the token on the front end, what happens is one of the Blazor templates is you can use checkbox for ASP.NET core host. And it actually gives you a client 
which is WebAssembly, and then a server, which is honestly kind of like MVC. And the interesting thing is they're two separate projects inside the solution, but they share the same URL. So they basically run together, right? They're, they're basically into becoming one application. But you have the idea of the front-end application and then the server, which is kind of your local API, right? Or API resources. And so it, the server side, has access to the token. And so what it does is you can either have all API requests come into the server project, and then it gets the token and makes remote calls to other APIs, or you can use a proxy like York, which is something else I'm learning. <laughs> That's a Microsoft product, which is a reverse proxy. And it allows you to use the server to basically call the remote APIs directly without having to, to redo all of these calls and endpoints, right? And shoot, we could spend 30 minutes on that alone, but we won't. <laughs> so that's kind of a new a shift for spas in the way of managing your your authentication, your credentials, and trying to have it be more secure, right? And it actually works really well out of the box. And it doesn't require .NET identity. You know, it doesn't have any dependencies there. The problem that we ran into, and of course, I'm sure most people, you know, are in the same boat, is you're probably if you're using identity server, you're probably already running identity server four, right? In production, which we are. And as it turns out, it looks like some modifications were made to our version of identity server. And no one who currently works in my company knows exactly what. So we have no intention of upgrading our actual identity server to Duende. And identity server four has no knowledge of BFF. So it doesn't know how to talk with it the way that Duende has it hooked up, right? <laughs> is there actually support between these two technologies? Like, is Microsoft going to support this or is it a... Well, well, BFF is, it's really, it's uh, technology agnostic. I think it's being used in, in by OpenID, Dict is another open source version. I think it's even started doing some BFF stuff. And Microsoft might build this in, in the future, into one of their templates. I can see that happening, but I think it's still early enough to they're they're maybe they're they're testing the waters internally and seeing how it integrates right with with what they're currently doing. So sorry, I do think I, it's really I'm cool. about to miss that, but can you so just we'll give a bit of a yeah. like a brief introduction on what BFF actually is, including yeah. what it even stands for? Um, so yeah, so it's back in for front end, and the yeah. idea is you're you're shifting the responsibility for token management and security to the back end. The only thing the front end worries about is a cookie, right? That you can control and, and, and set your own expirations and all that stuff. And that cookie can hold information specific to that user, but it's not gonna hold any of their token information, which makes it more secure, right? And of course, some of the stuff I've read, you can Has, but, still- but Hasn't yeah, it always worked that way? Like, because um, previously I've done you know, Angular apps and you know, whatever. Yeah apps but it hasn't always been that you keep a token as you keep a token in a in in a cookie on on the front end and and that's well that's that, just that it, speaks the, to the back end basically the token's not on the front end anymore and that's the difference oh right? okay with with cross-site scripting if you could get a token from someone else right like a man in the middle attack or or mm. you get that and that token's still valid for a period of time you could use that to impersonate someone right Mm, because yep. the token doesn't exist in the front end anymore, 
that that easier option is no longer available. There are other ways that they can go about it, of course, but because the token is no longer on the front end, you can't basically grab it and reuse it. So, Hi, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs, and lately I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and in some cases, just taking their career to the next level. You know, whether you're beginner going to intermediate, intermediate going to advanced, whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance, I've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people, how to build relationships and how to build their careers and max out and and just go to the next level. So if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level, go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching. So if the token isn't on the front end, then how does the front end vouch for itself? How does it, how does the back end know who the front end is? Because the cookie, but right. But the, and, and honestly, I don't, I don't know all the details at this point, but because of the way that the cookie is created and managed with every call, it's basically verifying that, yes, I am who I say I am. And because the, the, uh, CSRF functionality, you can't spoof that cookie or duplicate that cookie. Right. And so that allows the front end to talk to the back end and say, yes. This is who I am. I'm valid. And the back and say, oh, okay, yes, I know who you are. I have your token information. Let me provide that to the APIs or whatever. Right. Sure. So it's interesting stuff. And again, I don't I don't quite understand it all because I'm I am not a security expert, <laughs> but I'm learning. I'm having to, right? This is all mm. new stuff. So that's all well and good, but it doesn't work with identity server four, right? Mm. And so we have to take another step back. And this is still uh, a work in progress. But what I've done is it turns out that Duende has some packages or tooling they've created that BFF is built upon. And one of those they actually call identity.aspnet core, right? And so what it has is it has some of the, the plugins to their identity server and the open ID information or ways of handling things. And so what what I've done up to this point is I, again, created a Blazor template without any auth options. And instead of pulling in Duende, I'm pulling in these packages that Duende depends upon. And then I'm using .NET's open ID packages and a few others right mixed in. And between those, you have to to re-implement some of the the scaffolding, the middleware, right? The login and log out and and creating challenges that get sent to the identity server. But by doing this, you can use a Blazor WebAssembly application and talk to identity server four, right? And I'm not sure where the line gets drawn between how managing the stuff. I I I think the the way that I'm doing at this point, right, that the token is no longer on the back end because I'm doing it kind of the old school way. But, you know, sometimes you got to you got to work with what you got. Right. But there's some interesting logic that you have to work through to be able to to go through that process and get it talking to identity server for. And some of that is choosing the flow, which from what I've seen, 
the, the suggested flow is the authentication code. So instead of implicit or credentials or right, there's a couple of others, they suggest authentication code, right? So that's what we're doing. They also suggest Pixie, which is actually P-K-C-E. And I just say Pixie because I think it's funny. It may not be Pixie, but it's it's also kind of a new way. Well, it's not that new. This has been around for years. And but it's used, it's been used for spas and for like uh, native apps, mobile apps. It adds an extra extra security layer, which I couldn't explain to you if I wanted to. <laughs> but what this allows us to do is kind of try to bridge that gap, right? Because Blazor is very new. And the way authentication works in Blazor is also new because it has a different paradigm, a different way of working. They've had to re-implement all this functionality Microsoft has to work with Blazor. And so I think this is probably a place where a bunch of people would be if they're trying to to create and deploy new applications is this Blazor over here and identity server for over here and finding that bridge to talk to each other. So that's where we're at now. I actually have it working for, for the most part. There are a couple of rough edges to, to sand down, but Identity Server 4 recognizes it. It recognizes the the uh, the request types. It recognizes our scopes. It handles all that appropriately. And I'm able to to revoke the cookies on logout, but I'm still working through a couple of uh, things in the flow. But an interesting side note, which I haven't had to deal with, thankfully, but if you're doing strictly Blazor server, which means you're not doing the actual WebAssembly stuff, and all your stuff is signal R, right? So everything's on the server. And if your end user loses connection, they lose the whole app, right? So really it's it's the best use case or it's well-suited for internal applications, right? Where you know everybody's gonna be on the same network and you don't have to worry about HTTP, right? And so mm. Blazor server is heavily dependent on signal R. And so it doesn't use the HTTP context, which, OAuth 2 or OpenID Connect expects to use. And so, right, I've read through some documents on that too. And there are people out there who are, who are figuring it out as they go, because it's not something that, at least to my knowledge, that, that Microsoft has fully thought out yet. So yeah, so without and the HTTP so context, that, where, how would you access yeah. a cookie? I guess so. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Hmm. And, I, and I've actually, I've got, I've got some some links we can put in the show notes for people to dig in further. But they're they're actually one person he's dug into the options for for OAuth and the way that Microsoft has it. And there seem to be four, and three of them are based on the cookies. And the other one is based on a token management. And you can actually it doesn't depend on HTTP context. And you can you can revoke it kind of you can control it on a uh, on a call by call basis. So it's interesting stuff. Sounds like you're really if on the, only the our bleeding users edge could ask me but... questions. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> I think I think we've talked about this. The the cutting edge is okay. Sometimes being on the bleeding edge is, is a little <laughs> nerve wracking. <laughs> mm. I actually had a little uh, imposter syndrome earlier this week and I was like, what the heck am I doing? Right. <laughs> but it comes to the territory. So yeah, but that's that's my spell about the current state of identity and OAuth two and how Blazor does or does not interact well 
with them. So, so what about, I mean, you said you've got it working, but what yeah. about the risks for, for the future? I mean, we've talked about it being on the bleeding edge. We've talked about these two technologies don't seem to, well, they're not seem to be officially supported. You know, you have to move to right. Duentes if you right. want to get this level of support. Is there any risk that this whole thing is just going to break because of some Microsoft change? Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And there and there are security yeah. risks built into this in the way that we're doing it. And, mm. you know, again, this is one of those things where it comes down to, to you know, decisions that are above my pay grade, right? And I can I can tell them where we're at and what issues we may, we may run into and the best way of approaching it. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're actually going to take that approach. And I think anyone who's listening to this podcast has had to deal with that at least once in their career, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's this, a shame that all uh, projects like, can't just be greenfield projects. So <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome? The uh, actually the yeah. uh, the anytime you need a new thing to start new. <laughs> well, he he even said he's like he's like you know I really like Greenfield. I'm like I do too. <laughs> That's not where we're at. <laughs> but duh, <Yeah>. like <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he but he he basically said that when we were discussing one of our applications and the way that it is currently designed, and we, and you know we would love to just start over. But you know the business is is not is not going to go for that. Uh. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So so right. Here's where we're at, and we're going to have to do the best we can to make it work with what we've got, while still being able to move forward with .NET six and Blazor. And if we can get to a point where we can upgrade our identity servers, then we can upgrade our Blazor applications because. It's again, if you're using what Duendi has built in and their middleware for mapping all of your BFF endpoints and, and handling token management, and all that, again, that's that's really pretty straightforward. Yeah. So, okay, just going back to just curious, in fact, about your decision yeah. to go the, with Duendi instead of Azure AD. So, you said that there might have been it might be too expensive to go with Azure AD. So did you want to break it down? Like, did you think it was, is, is it expensive because of the licensing cost? Is it because it's too expensive because it will take too long to, to convert your existing code into, into, to adopt as your AD? Like what, what was the decision um, like for that? So. Well, I think it's a, it's a combination of things. And again, the final decision, right, was, was above my pay grade, so to speak. But at this point, we're not doing anything in the cloud. Right. Everything is on mm. servers that we manage and own and maintain the whole deal. Right. Uh, so that's that's one factor. And the other factor is right that and maybe for 50 percent of the developers, I think this isn't even a use case you have to worry about because maybe you have end users that use their Google or Facebook ID to log in or they log in with the username and password they created for your company or your site, right? That's not the case for us. Mm. We're one of those companies where we service other companies. And so they want to have mm. a seamless integration between their intranet or their single sign-on and our application in the way yeah. that that was that single developed. Single sign-on Yeah, yeah. And the way that that was developed was part of the modifications that were made to Identity Server 4, like I told you, which... <laughs> No one that currently works for my company knows exactly how, to the extent, the changes that were made, right? So that, so that, that, that was another factor. And then 
the the cost. And, you know, there might be people out there that could speak better to how much it costs per user. But I think when we looked, it was like 0.0014 cents per request, which, you know, right, you look at that's that's tiny. There's not much to that. But, hmm. and I don't even know what kind of traffic we get, but we have thousands and thousands of people logging in a day, both agents internal hmm. to our company and clients who are coming in through single sign-on. Right. And so I think the business mm. was concerned that that right, that's gonna fluctuate. And as we grow, that's only going to get bigger. And so the cost might be more than they're willing to bear. Right. So mm. yeah, that's understandable. All right, Caleb. So thanks for giving us a bit of a lowdown on all the problems you're having at <laughs> work and um, <laughs> being as being as a solvent, which is good. Hey folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. Should we move to picks, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm good with right, that. Well, so yeah. what's your pick for today? Actually, my pick is going to be a new set of headphones, which my wife pokes fun at me because nice. I seem to buy a new pair every few months, but most of mine are in-ear and I've, like I said, I've been on a lot more meetings lately and mm. my right ear started bothering me, you know, a week or so ago. And so I ended up getting a pair of over-ear because right, you've got in-ear, on-ear, over-ear. I got some over-ear headphones mm. that were like 50 bucks and, and they work well. They're not, they don't have the, the best audio compared to some other stuff, but they do really well for work and for meetings. So yeah, it's the Anchor Soundcore Q20 Plus, which is a mouthful. But yeah, they're good. For, I think that for, for work, you really just need comfortable, right? Yep. yep. And I prefer Bluetooth. comfortable for work, you know, yeah. like you don't. Yeah. Ah, that's good. So yeah. Right. Nice. So yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, my pick this week is a, um, a YouTube channel called Branch Education. So mm -hmm. like, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of a little... Maybe it's just it's just my generation, but um, I'm kind of a little naive of how <laughs> mechanical stuff works, just in general, you know, like you're not the only like one. How a car operates and stuff. Like. <laughs> yeah, right. but like, so this this channel is, is is really good because it gives you like a whole bunch of like all the videos are like animations of um like how things kind of work. So um, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's, it kind of like it it breaks down basically, you know, a, like a really complex system, and then it just shows that this animation of how how it actually works uh, and and visualizes it for me. So yeah, but it's kind of a nice YouTube channel to to give a shout out to. Very cool. I'll have to check it out yeah. when I'm done with this identity stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, as usual, if if people want to reach the show, so what is um Sean's um thing? Uh, uh, dot superhero. Dot superhero. Yep. Dun, 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 dun. At dot right. be on Twitter. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and you are. And um, I'm Caleb Wells coach. <laughs> I think. I think that's who okay. I am. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks for thanks for you know giving us all this information. And I guess we'll yeah. talk to everyone on the next episode of Adventures Done It. Sounds good. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.